Waiting all day for Sunday night. Welcome to Quick Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ash. A whole lot more people were waiting for Sunday night this past NFL season, including me. Thanks, no doubt, to your girl Taylor Swift. Taylor has brought the NFL to a global audience and it, the proof is in the pudding. CBS Sports Super Bowl 58 broadcast has become the most watched telecast in history. 123.4 million viewers tuned in and over 200 million individual viewers, including streamers, watched throughout the night. This is no doubt thanks to Taylor Swift and her huge impact. So let's get into it. My favorite guest is back, my dad. We're going to break down the Taylor Swift of it all, the Travis Kelsey of it all, the Mahomes of it all, the McCaffrey, the Purdy of it all, the Andy Reid of it all. So get ready for an amazing breakdown of Super Bowl 58, where we answer the hard-hitting questions like, is the NFL rigged? Are Travis and Taylor going to get married? And... Is a dynasty afoot? Are the Kansas City Chiefs a dynasty? Will they do what has never been done before, a three-peat in the NFL as Super Bowl champions? Patty kept saying, you already saw the script. You know how it's going to work. They're going to play mediocre for the most part during the game. And then when push comes to shove, Give the ball to Mahomes, give him a minute or two, and down the field he goes. And that's exactly what happened. So that supports the theory that this is all rigged, that the NFL is rigged, that Taylor and Travis are all part of, is this a conspiracy for the NFL, for the USA? How far does it go? Uh, very difficult subject for me, because when no one throughout the years talked about script, and rigging and fixing and controlling, I said it was. Now that everybody says it is, I kind of like to take the contrarian view. And now that they say it's so obvious, it's all rigged, uh, I'm kind of thinking it's really not. So we know wrestling is rigged and fake, right? That's known, that's celebrated, right? Well, yeah, the, the key operative word is uh, entertainment so they're making a big deal that the NFL like wrestling considers themselves an enterprise of entertainment and entertainment means to make sure that you know they keep it interesting to keep the audience engaged so final answer is the NFL rigged uh Probably, like a lot of things in life, uh, it's somewhere in the middle. If it's rigged, which it could easily be, not as much as you would think, certain games uh, at certain times, perhaps. And how does that work? Who is doing the rigging? It's the rich owners sitting in rooms, shaking hands, saying, what, you're going to tell your quarterback this Sunday, next Sunday, do this, do that. Is that how it works? I'm going to pretty much say absolutely not. Um, you can't rig Michael Jordan or Tom Brady or, you know, Mahomes. They make too much money. They're too powerful. They have too, too important of a, of, of a reputation to protect. I, I can't see it being any one player. Uh, what I can see 
it being is just the referees. Oh, so that's how you rig a game. It's through the refs. Correct. Which I never liked because even as an outsider, I've always seen that those refs really can turn a game like you can't believe. The refs could turn the game and the refs are, you know, they're not, I'm not going to say immature, but they're not younger athletes who perhaps would be more susceptible to accepting uh, bribes or reading a script. You know, they're chosen, specifically chosen. They're bankers. Uh, they're uh, they're bankers? Bosses. The NFL refs are bankers? Well, I say bankers. Uh, the answer is yes. I mean, they're professionals. They have regular jobs. Uh, and most of them are from, you know, uh, you know, prestigious firms, whether it, it's law or banking or financing, you know, uh, or teaching, you know, they're, they're professionals. They're, you know, uh, well-established uh, employees of organizations, professional organizations. And, and they become is, refs how? Well, this is just their side gig, or they, they're, they're able to uh, remove themselves from uh, their regular job and this is their side hustle so you're telling me that these men are in charge of and can turn games worth billions of dollars and it's their side hustle well i mean you know this is their passion um you know it's like being they, a ref is their passion absolutely because you know think of it this way you know it might be an odd way to think but so uh you're uh you know, you're a tiny guy or you're, you know, a pretty girl and, you know, but you're not athletic. You know, can't make the women's volleyball team or swimming team or your football team. And, you know, how do you, why does someone want to be a football player? Why does someone want to be a, you know, a cheerleader? You know, I mean, you know, there's, there's certain things that you, you can't, you don't have the power and the, and the energy and the talent to be on the football team. So, so people what? want to be refs. Well, they could be refs. It could be you could want to be the water boy. I mean, it sounds doesn't sound too glamorous being a water boy or being someone that throws a, a, a baton up in the air and catching it. But you're on the field. You're part of the action. You know, you could say you work for you know the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, you're not a player, but you throw the baton up in the air and march on the field. So right, and we all just want to be—we all just want to be part of something bigger than ourselves, don't we? So exactly. So they're part of something big. They're referees, and uh, they love the game, and they get to meet all the players. But I do know for a fact that if you meet a referee and you start talking about the sport, he is not allowed to talk. And in this world of, of mystery shoppers and people going into your business and, 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 and seeing how you conduct yourself, I'm quite sure that there's people monitoring the refs to make sure they're not talking to the general public about the game. So if you're going to rig it, it's easily to control a very professional, mature well-established you know, businessman who happens to be roughing than it is some college kid who, you know, just got out of college and now all of a sudden, you know, he's in the, the limelight and maybe in a position to be compromised. Wow, that is so interesting, actually, because 
I actually know an NFL ref. And I'm thinking back, I texted him once, I think at the start of this NFL season, saying like, oh, you're a ref, right? And his response was immediately shutting me down. Absolutely. Interesting that you said that. That's my belief. Um, and, you know, the social media. Uh, so they look for a certain type of person to be a ref, an established, clean cut, someone who follows the rules, willing to willing to follow people, talk, things like that. Absolutely. I don't know about talk, but yeah, absolutely. They have a certain. Right. Not talk. Right. Someone who's not a big mouth, blabber mouth, someone who is, you know, uh, you know, does his job. It's almost like, I'm not going to say a police officer because, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's such a demand for police officers. You know, you, you might not pick the prototypical uh, police officer, but when it comes time for, for picking, you know, uh, an FBI agent, you know, uh, a Navy SEAL, I mean, you know, the, 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 the the pool of people uh, is, is a lot smaller and, you know, they have people of more integrity and, you know, uh, specific special skills, uh, less likely to, uh, uh, you know, not follow uh, what they're required to do, which is, you know, not talk and to people about the game. And, so, okay, you know, so in this Super Bowl, what are the signs, and in this season, what are the signs that the refs would have been rigging? Well, obviously, if people are, are talking of this subject, as such we are, um, you know, you don't just blatantly call it one way, and then it's obvious, and, you know, the statistics show, oh, my God, look at all the penalties against this team and none against that team. So, Sometimes they call it the for the other team, and then all of a sudden it changes course. So they, they it's well orchestrated, in my opinion. That's all it is, is my opinion. That just because they call it one way, everyone starts crying. Ah, oh, it's a pick, it's a pick, it's a pick. All of a sudden they go the other way, and then people call it it's a pick, it's a pick, it's a pick, and that contradicts each other and it cancels each other out and makes you say. People are talking at at you know what because they, either way they're calling it. Uh, there's only a certain amount of uh, of plays that you know you can call holding any play you want. So you can call pass interference. This particular Super Bowl, they didn't call a lot of penalties. Uh, it didn't look suspicious. There were a lot, not a lot of. There was really no controversy. They didn't call, you know, you, you need consistency. You know, either you call holding a lot, because it is holding every play. What does holding mean? Call it. Holding just means that the offensive lineman that's blocking generally is not supposed to grab or tackle the defensive player who's pursuing the play to get the quarterback or running back. And you're supposed to block them with your arms in, not extended out where your hands could grab or you can hook on to him. And, and Who's supposed to block him? The, the, the offensive linemen are the, are the ones that generally get called for holding. Okay, and, and in this game, the offensive linemen did or did not hold? Well, they hold every play. 
because okay. it's, it's inevitable that, you know, when a guy's trying to come in, you, your hands kind of leave your your body or your side and, you know, it extends outwards. And you can't, this, you know, obviously grab and throw down because that'll be cool. So they, they, the offensive linemen did a good job at constraining themselves uh, for doing a holding play. And the refs, who stupid call it, uh, did not. So they were consistent. They generally did not call holding unless it was obvious. Okay, and now, so this wasn't a good game for Travis Kelsey, right? No, no, he, did. he didn't do anything in the first half. He called one pass for one yard. The defense uh, gets a lot of credit for keying on him. Uh, and a good game plan to stop Kelsey, but it only worked in the first half. In the second half, uh, Kansas City, which is one reason why they won other than Mahomes, is the coaching staff is brilliant. And they were able to make the halftime adjustments and they were able to free up uh, and draw up plays at the O's to get Kelsey open. And he had a great second half and was instrumental uh, in their drives. So wait, what do I'm going to get to? OK, so you think the reason why the Chiefs were able to win was because of coaching? That's Andy Reid. Absolutely. And the defensive coordinator, Spags, Spagnola, who was with Bill Parcells in the Giant era, a uh, phenomenal defensive coach with lots of rings. Oh, so there's different coaches for the different sections of the team? Oh, yeah, there's a million coaches. There's a quarterback coach, there's a tight end coach, there's a defensive line coach. Andy Reid is the coach of who? He's the head coach. Okay, so when so Travis was seen, I'm sure it's it's been seen around the world. He was yelling. He went in on Andy Reid. I think all he wanted to do was tell Andy Reid that the play in which the player fumbled for Kansas City and the 49ers recovered, he wasn't on the field. Perhaps if I was on the field, coach, perhaps I would have been able to recover the ball. So don't take me out. Keep me in the game. That's what he was yelling. Right, I think that I think that makes total sense. Why, I so it makes I mean, sense. It's national TV. You look, you know, as people were saying, you know, what you look like. It is what it is, but it is football. You're not a role model. You're allowed to curse. You're allowed to spit on the ground. You know, <laughs> you know, and, and emotions get the best of you. And you know, he's not supposed to be the perfect role model. And uh, he let the game get to him. And the coach was smart and kind of like just brushed it off knowing it was in the heat of battle and unlike the facebook you know social media people bench him put him on the bench sit him down that's hurts your team what he did did not hurt the team it could have backfired and the coach could have reacted and could have caused controversial fight between the two and the coach just professionally let it grow off his back Realizing it is what it is. It's football. It's passion. You know, he's a warrior. And let it go. And it was a non-event. That's right. He really could have escalated that. But he handled Absolutely. that professionally and channeled that energy. And they tur turned it into a win. Correct. But other people on social media who probably never played the game. And they're probably not open-minded. And immediately said, bench him. Throw him off the team. I mean, Get really, that is, I mean... To, to see the passion, the anger, the frustration, and not think and think that that's somehow not part of the game. He's the tight end. He's allowed to be 
an animal. He's allowed to be boisterous. He's allowed to be a little crazy and whatnot. The quarterback, however, if you noticed, when a quarterback is like that, he's too important, too integral to every play. He has the ball in his hands every offensive play. He has to be more calm. He has to show the players that he's in control and he's calm and he shouldn't be any little thing. His body language, his words, his voice command. The quarterback has to show and the coach has to show nothing. They can't be frustrated. They are, but they can't show it. So is that Mahomes? Is Mahomes cool? Absolutely. Almost every quarterback is. There's There's a few without mentioning names. Uh, that that get a little rattled, and you can see it. But just like a school teacher, you don't want those kids to see that they get under your skin and frustrating you and driving you crazy. Because if they do, they're gonna do what? They're gonna put more pressure on you, and they're really gonna bury you. So you gotta let it, let it. You can't let it show. And Mahomes, it just—if he's down by ten, it doesn't make a difference. And most quarterbacks are that way. Quarterback has to be cool, calm, and collective. So Mahomes, his father was involved in like a DUI, some sort of arrest this past week. Do you know anything about that? Um, I preferred not to look at that because the only uh, uh, recollection of the character of his father was he was uh, the father that took his little son, Patrick Mahomes, to games. Uh, his father played in professional sports and was uh, you know, a, a gentleman and, and a, a good teammate uh, on and off the field. And, you know, if he made a mistake during the course of the week or whatever it was, you know, I'm glad to see in my eyes it didn't escalate. It wasn't the main topic, and, uh, you know, people do make mistakes, and it, you know. Amen, and look at all the things he's done. In the same week that he made a mistake, his son won the Super Bowl. Exactly. There you go. Okay, so on a scale of bad, good, great, tell me how these people did, okay? Andy Reid, bad, good, great. Great. McCaffrey. Great. And McCaffrey is what position? He's the running back, little, little, tiny running back, very fast, very quick moving running back for San Francisco. He did make one fumble, so, you know, scale of one, you know, one to ten, you know, he's not a ten, he's a nine. He did mess up one play, he fumbled, but, you know, he ran and he was able to see the field well and make his moves, um, and he caught the ball. He did, he, did, he did almost great. Okay, Brock Purdy, bad, good, great. I think a little bit better than good. Definitely good. And that's all his job responsibility and the scheme of things are for his team. He's put in a position not to be great and have to do everything. Uh, he utilizes a, a team, uh, but he did better than good. So is it so when you're picked last and Purdy was picked last, you're officially called Mr. Irrelevant? No, no, no Mr. Irrelevant just happened to be a, a pseudonym, if that's what you call it, just a, a nickname, a, a motto that just 
took upon itself. But just for know, him, or for anybody that's picked no, last? It's just just for him. Right? We've never heard of, heard heard that phrase before. So that's kind of rude. How like that's not very nice. No, that's uh, no, it's no, it's 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 good because it it, it is a motivation. That you don't have to be the the number one pick, and you don't have to, you know. Matter of fact, you don't have to be a pick. You could just call the team up and walk onto the team, and and and, and ask for uh, a workout, uh, and and you could still, despite being overlooked, still, you know, reach greatness. So okay, so what about um, so we had McCaffrey and Purdy on the 49ers, then we had Mahomes, Kelsey. Who else was great on either of those two teams? Who was great? Um, I would, pro- I mean, great. There was a lot of good on the offense, but great really would be to the defense, and it was again an overall. Uh, and it's the coach. The defensive coach had his players. What he did was he put at halftime, he decided we have to put pressure. Uh, he didn't like the way the game was going, despite they were still low scoring. He thought Purdy had too much time to pass. And if you continue that, he's going to get you. And uh, they had to put pressure on Purdy in the second half, and uh, Chris Jones, uh, gentleman with the tears in his eyes during the national anthem, very mm-hmm. emotional, yes. big six foot, six foot five, you know, probably three hundred and something pounds, but thin, built. He was in the face of Purdy a lot. He put a lot of pressure on Purdy, and if you don't get to him and sack him, you don't get credit for a sack. But you get credit for a uh, a hurry, and he forced him to release the ball uh, quicker than he normally would, and the tie and throw the timing off uh, the routes for the receivers. And easily, it could have been a touchdown uh, to a receiver, but the ball was overthrown because he had to release it quicker than he normally would because Chris Jones was in his face. The actual uh, best defensive player, other than Chris Jones, was a gentleman that I don't really even at the second recall his name. Um, I believe he was a linebacker, and he made uh, uh, maybe 12 or 15 tackles during the game. And uh, they drew drew attention to him, and uh, he's going to get a big contract because statistically he was all over the field. I'm trying to think of his name. He was a linebacker. On what team? On Kansas City. Okay, so we will look that up. Okay, so bad, good, great. Reba McIntyre. Fantastic, great. Post Malone. Um, again, it, it's stereotypically uh, try not to be a person that judges However, we are humans, and when you look at the guy with 700 million tattoos on every inch of his body, I don't know if he's the kind of person that I want the world to focus it on uh, to see. Can he sing? Absolutely fantastic. Uh, the visual uh, effect, uh, I'm not there. Uh, less than good. Okay, what about Usher? 
excellent. Very well rehearsed. Uh, very serious about it. Very passionate. You know, uh, a, a true professional. Yeah, great. I loved. I mean, he was sweating. I loved seeing that. Yeah, professional. I mean, he really took it back to 2004. He was up there. I mean, he has so many hits. He was roller oh, he was. roller skating. He was dancing on. He. I loved how he started out on the field itself, on the grass. I loved that. Absolutely. That was really something. What about Alicia Keys? I mean, I, personally speaking, there's something about her. I don't know. Um, I know she sings great. She's beautiful. There's something about her. Uh, I'll take a pass on that. <laughs> okay, so it all came down to the one final play, right? It was tied up till the end? It all came down to the fourth quarter at the end. Um, you could see the handwriting on the wall. The game was close. And now all of a sudden, uh-oh, Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hand. And it's either win or lose on his drive. And historically, I think he's back 100%. Give him the ball, he wins. And that's what happened? That's exactly what happened. So that is like a very storybook ending that supports the theory that this is rigged. Correct. And that doesn't mean it is. But it came down to what the NFL would want. They would want an exciting ending. Uh, well, right. That's what you would want. You would want two evenly matched teams that keep you on the edge of your seat till the very end. Is that what we had? That's exactly what we had. They got exactly what they wanted. And because everyone got what they wanted, they can call it being rigged. But I have a question. If you're going to rig a game because, sure, it's all about money, and now you have the Super Bowl champs, and you have the continuation, the continuing story of Taylor Swift and, and, and Kelsey and, you know, Andy Reid, and now the GOAT, Holmes, is he going to be as good as Brady? So, yes, it's good for football. I, uh, if you were to fix a game, you would not fix the Kansas City to lose. You'd want them to win. However, my question, which I didn't ask yet, is this. The Yankees are the number one franchise in the, in the world in all sports. If the game of baseball were to be fixed, wouldn't they fix it so the Yankees could win? Would they or wouldn't they? I don't know. They certainly would because it's engagement. Either you love the Yankees, which brings a lot of fans to, to, to the games and to on the, the view, viewing it. Or you hate the Yankees, which is also a motivation to watch. Well, if they rig the baseball, they need to get back on that because growing up 2000s, 2006, 7, 8, 9, the Yankees were in that World Series every year. They won back-to-back. They won every year. So what happened? Just, um, I don't want to talk silly. I haven't talked silly yet. I don't want to use the word jinx, which I just did. Just, uh, it's just not, uh, in the cards, it's just not, you know, they, they went after too many superstars in the, in the world of sports and entertainment. The, uh, prize goes often to the hungry, the young, 
wanting to make a name for themselves and not the one who just won two Super Bowls where they lose the the motivation, believe it or not, or the guy with the billion-dollar contract that doesn't play as hard or becomes more selfish because he's a real team sports, but they get complacent, and it's hard not to if you think about it, but the psychology uh, behind it. But uh, the Yankees signed a lot of players that didn't seem to fit together as well as you would want them to, and maybe too many superstars, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. Interesting. Okay, so wait, back to the 49ers. Who's um, Juszczyk? Uh, he's, I think you're talking, yeah, I, he's a fullback. He's the most unrecognized position in the game. All he basically does, and it's only sometimes, because a lot of times the, the offense lines up without a fullback. They spread the, 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 the defense, they just, they spread the defense by putting a lot of receivers on the outside, and sometimes one running back in the backfield that runs the ball like McCafferty, or sometimes they don't have no one and next to the quarterback and you know he's got it, no blocking. But the fullback uh is is important. He blocks in front of the running back uh and he very rarely catches the ball. So when you see a fullback catch the ball, at least when I see a fullback catch the ball, I don't give too much credit to the talent and the success of the catch, but instead to the coach who drew up a play saying, you're not going to expect this guy to catch the ball, which brings you to the final winning play of the Super Bowl. The gentleman who caught it, Hartman, is only catch of the game, which is only target of the game. He didn't even play in the game. He was on the Jets the beginning of the year. Really? So he was the least likely to catch the ball. Obviously, on that play, if you look at it, Kelsey went out for a pass. He turned around in the end zone, and he was probably had three guys on him, which makes Hartman have no one on him. <laughs> you know, they all concentrated on who they thought they would go to in the last play of the game. It would be Kelsey. And instead, they went to Hartman, and they stuck him out the X's and O's, the coaching staff, and they had him wide open because no one expected it. So who, wait, so who, when you say they expected to go to Kelsey, who's they and who? Like the defense. Who? The defense. They, they, they made sure if they're going to lose the game, they're not going to let Kelsey be the guy there. And I'm going to cover his ass and, and, and make sure it ain't him. So they covered him like a blanket, but that leaves room uh, less less men to cover the offense, other offensive players like the fullback or like the other tight end if they have two tight ends in, or the other wide receiver who hasn't been targeted the whole game. So that's and, Hartman, and Hartman c- caught the pass that won the game? Correct. And Hartman He's started a, out this season on the Jets? He was on the Jets. He couldn't even get on the field because he wasn't even good enough, and the Jets stink. And... Uh, Again, he's a professional, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Hartman would screw it up and drop the ball because, you know, he's no superstar, but he's still a professional. It was his play. And don't forget, they went in the huddle, and they said, okay, we're calling XYZ, Z42, 
home too. And that means he lined up and he knew there was a good chance if the quarterback is able to roll to the right like he's designed to do and he goes out, goes to the corner, that here I am, this is me. He knew it. His heart was probably beating like crazy, right? Nervous as hell. Not like a, a guy like Kelsey who just, you know, he's not nervous. He does this for a living all the time. This guy was like, here's my chance. And he knew it. He lined up and sure enough, the 49ers didn't suspect it, and Mahomes ran to the right and was able to have the option of continually to run, which was only like two yards, or to release the ball to a wide-open Hartman, which is what he did. And so how far was that pass that Mahomes threw to Hartman? I think it was like two yards. So two that's, yards. that's a close pass. It's a little pass where if the receiver happened to have not have been covered. If his receiver fell down, Mahomes on the run, he threw the ball, scrambling. He could have ran the five yards. And Hartman caught it in the end zone? Yeah, easy catch, wide open. So it was a touchdown? A perfectly designed, easy touchdown. With how many seconds left? Um, I, I, I don't recall the exact seconds, but it, it, it was going to be... The, the, if they didn't catch it, um, they would have had to have gone for a field goal. And if they gone for the field goal, they would have tied the game instead of a touchdown to win it, and we would have went to a second overtime. Wow. So Hartman. So who's the who was the MVP? Mahomes. Mahomes was MVP and deserved He's right the quarterback. Right. But Harmon, I mean, that's so that's great for him. Next season, what's that going to be like for him? Uh, <laughs> it's certainly, you know, if the Chiefs don't think he's the greatest player in the world, and that's why he doesn't play that much, but other teams saw that he's a clutch player, uh, it could mean other teams might want him and sign him and give him a big, big money offer, and there might be someone the Chiefs may be willing to... Uh, you know, get rid of maybe. Wow! I mean, you don't catch the winning pass of a of a of an overtime Super Bowl and not have your career just completely erupt, right? Oh, no, this this is you know this, you know he's not like he's going to make twenty more plays in the rest of his life, fifty more catches, a hundred more catches. You know, this could be you know this is the top, this, this is the peak. You know, it's not going to get any better for him, but. uh you know, uh, it's certainly, you know, he's got the winning touchdown that'll be shown millions of times and, and, and clips and, and, and talked about and articles. And, and that's all you need, right? He's, and he started need. off on the Jets. He started off on the Jets this year. Got traded? He's the, he's the second Jet to catch a touchdown in a Super Bowl for a team that won the Super Bowl. The same year playing for the Jets. I read that yesterday. That's so, so he's only the second in the world to be a Jet in that same year and catch a, a pass in the Super Bowl. For the winning team. Correct. For the winning team. Wow. So this is good for the Jets. It, it's, it's almost a rub, rub in their face again. That, even, that Jets can catch winning passes, but only, oh, only yeah, as a Chief. Not, not for the Jets. <laughs> only for other teams. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going to happen next year? What's your prediction? Is this a dynasty? That D word is being well, thrown around. A dynasty. Uh, uh, 
I'm rooting for them. Uh, a lot of people are rooting for them. The Chiefs. They're definitely mo- your Chiefs. They're definitely motivated to win. The motivation is there to win and become a dynasty. And, you know, Mahomes becoming the GOAT and Andy Reid becoming the best coach with the most. But, and there's a big but, it's psychologically uh, the money, the uh, fame, uh, the, the lifestyle uh, of the off season, uh, it can go to your head. Mm. And it can easily. There's a lot of distractions. I agree. There's Footballers of, in the off season really sport, face a lot of temptation. Any sport, every sport. There's a lot of distractions. You know, again, you're, you're fighting stardom. Everybody wants to be your friend. You know, everyone wants to buy you a drink. Everyone wants to party with you. Everybody wants to travel. Everyone wants to see the world. Everybody wants to buy a Ferrari. And everybody, and the lifestyle could uh, be, can, can can really get to your head, and uh, you can get complacent and over cocky, and that's where the coach has to bring you down. Uh, and, and the family, they seem to have a really close knit organization a family organization but uh it's not easy to repeat uh kansas city was the first team to repeat in uh, 20 years since tom brady did it with new england i remember and, that uh, 2003 2004 i remember that and no one ever did it correct and no one ever did a three-peat so we're we're on for a three-peat next year and it's, it's motivation you know will the uh, distractions and you know, and again, and then again, there's other uncontrollable variables. There's injuries. You know, a lot of teams somehow step up and overcome injuries to keep players. But you certainly can't lose a Mahomes. Although the 49ers really lost their quarterbacks more than one, and Brock Purdy happened to become in and become relevant. So you never know. But injuries play a factor. Um, Draft picks play a factor. Um, you know, other teams can get the momentum. And a big thing uh, on winning a Super Bowl usually is you have the best record. And when you go into the playoffs, you get to play at home. This year, Kansas City didn't have the best record. And they had to travel uh, their two playoff games. I they had see. to go in and beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Mm. So they had to beat Buffalo in Buffalo. They're America's so, team. So it's, 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 you know, a lot of factors. I would have to say if they're going to win next year, they have to avoid injuries, offseason, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting to their heads and they have to try to not to make it so hard and difficult by having to win on the road, which is what Mahomes said. Hey, we're underdogs. We can't win. We're on the road. Well, nothing stops them, but. Uh, I don't know, three-peats, it's hard to, it's hard to three-peat. Okay, Everyone's so what's your prediction? What's your prediction? Three-peat, will it happen? Yes or no? Oh, uh, no. Will a Travis and Taylor wedding happen? Yes. What's your preferred nickname for Travis and Taylor? Do you like Mom and Dad, Ken and Barbie, or Troy and Gabriella? I like Ken and Barbie. Do you think uh, there's any power couple in the world that rivals them at this moment? Jeff Bezos, 
Chris Jenner, Beyonce, who? Well, right now they have the spotlight. Right now they're new. Um, you know, uh, Jay Z and Beyonce is you know ridiculously uh, you know talented and uh, the you know the the, the uh, reputation they have and the fact that they've been together so much and have children together. You know, it's. Not, Uh, you know, the prototypical uh, family. Uh, you know, they're, they're loyal to one another. They have a family. Uh, they include their family. And, uh, you know, being boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, husband, wife, newlyweds, you know, uh, you know, it's easy to get married. It's easy to, you know, it's more difficult to keep the marriage going. Uh, Did you hear that uh, Kim Kardashian is dating Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, that's, that's you know, no opinion on, on who these people date, but dating is what? Okay, dating. wait, what's the one word that comes to mind when I mention, okay, so who was in Taylor's suite with her? Lana Del Rey. See, I don't even know who that is. Ice Spice. Okay. <laughs> party, party animals, fun. It's nothing wrong with having fun, you know. Fun, fun, fun. You know, the the the, the, the uh, Jay Z and Beyonce, you know, the, the daddy, mommy, not Ken and Barbie. So they they their sweet is more subdued, you know. But the Taylor Swift is doing shots of beer, and the guy has his shirt off. Did you see that Taylor chugged that beer? <laughs> Of course, they're having fun. God bless. God bless. Nothing wrong with having fun. That's what it's all about. So it all comes down to a jet finally caught a pass in the Super Bowl for the winning team. Right. And what was his name? Hardman. I don't even know his first name. Hardman? Uh, yes. Well, God bless Hardman. I think it's Hartman. I think it's H-A-R-T. Hartman. <laughs> he's not even well-known, and it's just amazing. that he. Like, in other words, there's so many props for gambling. And, you know, people take a lot of different crazy things. Uh, if you were to bet that Hartman would catch the winning touchdown, you know, the odds are probably 700 to 1. Wow. You, know, $100, you win 7,000. You think someone made that bet? Absolutely. Wow. For the fun of it. Wow. I mean, the chances of it, you know, you know, <laughs> the chances, it's unbelievable. Did you make any bets? No bets. I'm a compulsive gambler. Haven't made a bet since April 26th of 1999. I don't include the stock market. Amen to that. Amen. Never bet again because I have a problem and I recognize it and I know what would happen if I made one bet. Amen. So who do you want for the Super Bowl halftime next year? Uh, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus. What um, someone new. What someone new and I would like to see country. Uh, I'd like to see uh, Lanny Wilson, Lanny Wilson. Yes. Someone new. I like to see a beautiful woman. No, it doesn't matter, but I want someone new. Someone new, but also a bunch of people, you know, playing along with with, with that new person. Well, I but, want Carrie Underwood up there. Come on. She's been with the NFL for so long. She's never yeah, done it. She could be in it, but I would like the focus to be on, uh, on, on a young, 
uh, newer star to motivate people. I mean, I, you know, I mean, how amazing would it be if Carrie Underwood came out, but she brought out, you know, some of those younger stars, Lainey Wilson, yes. L King. Yes. And I think it should be diversified. Um, but I, I think country, I think it's time for the for country. Yeah. I'm ready for that too. Thanks for listening to quick questions podcast. Tune in next time.